On today's episode, we're going to talk about the proper way to tell your story, creating serendipity and empanadas. Let's go. This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today we have Danielle Khan. She leads entrepreneurial engagement for Comcast NBC Universal, focused on launching and amplifying new product innovations with startups in the areas of media, entertainment, and connectivity. Danielle, how is your day going? Awesome. Very I mean, good. it's only it's only uh, morning here, so. <laughs> well, it's a good way to start Friday. the morning, and it's Friday. You're exactly <laughs> and right. And I'm here with the blind entrepreneur. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so without further ado, we have to start the podcast off the same way we do every single time, and that's with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Ooh. Where are you going to eat? What are you going to order in order to make your day complete? Wow. Am I in Philadelphia? You're in anywhere you want to be in the entire world. Wow. In the world. I'm on Nectar Island with Richard Branson and team nice. <laughs> uh, brainstorming, eating, um, I don't know, endless crab and shrimp. Nice. <laughs> Not bad. That's a great, that's a great answer. I if I'm in Philadelphia, I'm most likely at Lucha Cartel in Old City eating oh, empanadas. Really? Okay. Yeah. So empanadas. Um, so that's like a very different style. You got the seafood for the elegance and you got the, the street food for the, for the Mexican. I, I can respect <laughs> that. <laughs> um, Danielle, without further ado, uh, please tell us who are you? What is your story? And what are you all about? Sure. Um, so I'm Danielle Khan and I lead entrepreneurial engagement for Comcast NBC Universal. Before joining this team uh, two and a half years ago, I was the head of marketing for the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau for a long time and basically marketed Philadelphia around the world as a meeting convention and tourist destination. And um, also had a startup myself in the healthcare space, uh, realized that healthcare uh, was really, really hard. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, also took some personal time to uh, reflect on what, what I was doing with our my co-founder. And we decided to shelf our startup. And at the same time, though, I had really started to um, look into entrepreneurship and uh, the power of a lot of the early, early co-working spaces and accelerator programs. And every time I was uh, walking around during uh, a time when I was supposed to probably be on some tourist type of tour, going to museums or to see the latest um you know, art exhibition or new church or whatever had opened in a city, I found myself in co-working spaces meeting with, you know, people who were building things. And I did that more out of passion than anything else. Uh, it was not part of my job. And, uh, and then started to really volunteer uh, with a guy by the name of Bob Mao. Um, I heard him speak at a leadership exchange that the Economy League puts together and he was on a panel about mergers and acquisitions. I think he was the only person on the panel who had been, um, a, his company had been acquired and that was a good thing. <laughs> mm. um, and so there was something about passion that he had for entrepreneurship in Philadelphia. And I walked up to him afterward, handed him my card 
and said, let me know I can help. And about two days later, I got a call from him saying, I was just named the head of Philly Startup Leaders, uh, and I understand you do communications. Can we meet? And so uh, we got together, and uh, he asked me to, to join his team and to basically be a part of the movement in Philadelphia, really educating government officials, corporations, et cetera, about the power of the startup community. And so I volunteered my time with Philly Startup Leaders for a long time. I'm still on the board, probably on the board now with um, Bob Moore, who's now the president, Rick Nucci, who's the chairman. And um, there's, you know, really, it's it's been about how do we help to amplify what's happening in Philadelphia's startup scene. And uh, I know that you're based in Camden. I, I also include Camden in that, you know, like there's so much happening uh, in, in this area. And we wanted to make sure that the right people knew about it, could give additional resources to it, and also realize the power of entrepreneurs today, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I think that entrepreneurs are major influencers in cities. They're building the communities while they build their products. That was really exciting to me. And then I ended up at Comcast because uh, while I was building my startup and also involved in Philly startup leaders, met a great guy named Sam Schwartz. And Sam is our chief business development officer. He was in a meeting with uh, with uh, some other folks, including David Cohen here, who I had worked with um, on the Republican convention and some other things. And uh, there was discussion around Comcast wanting to have an entrepreneurship team. And uh, they called me up. And that was two and a half years ago. And okay. they uh, they said, to, you know, develop the best program uh, that you think we can infuse uh, the, the best value into the community. And that's that's my uh, every day. So you've been doing this for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word entrepreneurial uh, engagement is something that not a lot of people may understand the true definition of what that actually means. So can you expand a little sure. bit more about what does entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial engagement mean to you? Right. Absolutely. Um, so it was, it was interesting because there was, um, I'm going to grab something because I think this is kind of a, a good, good prop. Sure. So it was day one, <laughs> day one on the job. And I open up the HR, sorry, I'm a little tangled. I open up the HR um, brochure and there's this in it. And um, an entrepreneurial spirit. The advice I gave my son Brian was to follow his own instincts, do it well. Don't be thwarted by those who find your objectives are not to their liking. Be creative, tell the truth, maintain a high level of integrity, and do the right thing for people. And this is Ralph Roberts, a founder of the founder of Comcast. Um, there's a book written about about him. And what I realized in that moment was I was actually the first person in this company to have the word entrepreneur in my title. And while mm-hmm. titles really mean nothing. Uh, I took a lot of pride in the fact that I was, um, you know, the first person here who was really focused on um, partnerships with outside entrepreneurs and finding internal entrepreneurs who are willing and able to help uh, accelerate product innovation by working with outside innovators. And ultimately, what entrepreneurial engagement is, is it is our front door for startups we meet with startups from around the world. We help get them in front of the right business leads with their product innovations. We understand and do a lot of research internally about what our business leads are looking for. And we match make. We're matchmakers and program managers. And, um, and we've gone and talked to 
at least 1,200 entrepreneurs in uh, in Philadelphia, but in other parts of the country, in London and Tel Aviv. We've done research for two years basically saying, how can we be more valuable? How can Comcast, NBC, Universal create the most powerful entrepreneur, entrepreneurial programs? And we heard two things very strongly. And one was just show up. You know, so I, I think a lot of times, and, and that's no different than I think the startup community in general, but it was, it's really, you know, you have to be at the table. If you want to be at the table, you actually have to come to the table on a regular basis. And that's what we do. Now I was doing that, you know, before this role, um, I was invited to those tables and most of my friends are entrepreneurs building awesome things and happened to be invited to those tables. And now, um, I represent Comcast, but also have the ability to connect startups with each other connect startups with resources in their cities because Comcast is in every city. And uh, and really listening, we went on a big listening tour to, to hear what entrepreneurs really cared about in their communities where we could be more, more helpful. And the second thing that we heard beside just show up, <laughs> and literally that's like a slide I use all the time, is like just show up. Um, the second thing was help us tell our story. Mm. And so, uh, you know, we are in the media business and I was, I'm sure, partly hired because uh, I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. Like you are as well. Um, and don't forget, this is our sort of podcast 101 lesson at the same time because I'm starting my podcast this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Um, I bought your same mic. You gave me my tip. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think that the, the thing that startups need most is storytelling expertise and honing in on their story. If you have a great story in some ways, um, you can build your product uh, while you're while you're convincing people that they should buy the product. Um, mm. And the having an awesome story, especially when you're um, trying to sell your product to a very specific audience, um, like into a corporation or to consumers, those are two very different audiences and you need to be able to hone that in, not just have one vanilla message that everyone resonates to. And early stage entrepreneurs don't have the experience of working in a large company to always understand the best methods to sell into a company and what are the ways to develop your story in a different way that can help you get in front of the right decision makers faster and convince people that what you're what you're selling is going to solve their problem. Um, so anyway, that's I think those are the two main things: was show up and uh, you know help us tell our stories, and that's what we're on a mission to do. Yeah, so uh, I want to expand on the storytelling aspect because it's so incredibly important. When you've traveled the world, you've done the research, you surveyed thousands upon thousands of entrepreneurs and startups, what does good storytelling look like to you? And is that the same as good storytelling to the company that you work for, which is Comcast? Yeah, I, I mean, storytelling is so, it's an art. It is absolutely an art. It's like music. <laughs> and... um I think a lot of times entrepreneurs have the passion for the product and they know what it is, but sometimes you get just no, not even just entrepreneurs, like people in general. I, it happens to me as well. You work on a project, you become very close to it and you realize that not everyone understands what point you're trying to get to. What is the ultimate point? And, um, marketing and communications professionals and, you know, movie creators and, um, reporters, have uh, 
an ability to help tell stories a little bit better. Um, I would say that, you know, for me, storytelling is about a personal connection. I, I am always drawn to some personal connection with that story. Uh, I look at the story like Roar for Good, and I, I'm sure you're familiar with Yasmin Mustafa. Um, she's a great product, but her story is incredible. And she has refined that story and practiced the story and done it at a TED Talk, and she's perfected that pitch, you know? And it's kind of interesting because when she talks to people at Comcast, her pitch that's, that works for consumers is not always the pitch that you want to have when you're pitching it into a business lead. Mm. And our job is to really help people like her understand what are the, what are the, um, you know, what are the other ways of maybe telling that same story, getting the same impact that you want to make, getting the sales that you want, getting those new customers that you want, isn't always just by telling the same exact story. And just like I think everything else, um, you need to know who you, who your audience is, mm. and um, storytelling is about sometimes um, adjusting, pivoting your story a little bit. So you're we're going to expand on the fact that you're traveling, you're 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 talking to these startups. You have to use your language, different languages, according to the different people that you're talking to. Um, you wouldn't know that unless you did countless amounts of research and surveys. So. What are some ways that, that you believe that startups can, techniques that startups can use in order to find out who their audience is and the, the type of language that they need to use for their, their core demographics? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is when you have a minimum viable product is, you know, don't spend a lot of time getting it perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of startup world is the ability to try something fast. And so if you can create just a, an MVP and go out on the street and ask people, if, if the people on the street are the people that you're trying, you think are your audience, um, see how they react to it. At the same time, see how maybe you've got some friends in corporate that you eventually want to try to partner with. See how they react to it. Um, see how the person sitting next to you on the bus reacts to it. Um, most importantly, see how someone who looks nothing like you reacts to it. And I think diversity and inclusion of the people you surround yourself with, the people you build products with, the people you get feedback from is probably your most important thing, including age, um, you know, age, race, background, um, whether people are on university campuses or they're working in a, in a high rise. Mm. Um, diversity comes in a lot of forms and you really need to be able to hone in your pitch based on who you're pitching to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, Comcast is uh, specifically in, is invested in a ton of money in entrepreneurial research. They're even creating an innovation, a new innovation center um, within the city, the city of Philadelphia. Um, how is uh, the entrepreneur community connected uh, into Comcast and what is Comcast mm -hmm. doing in order to grow the entrepreneurial scene and not only just Philadelphia, but the world? Yeah, so uh, we're about to launch something called Lift Labs, L-I-F-T. You can go to Lift Labs or Comcast NBCU Lift.com is the website for info on that. But um, after all the research we did, one thing that we kept hearing was um, 
specifically from Philadelphia startups was uh, that there was a lot of interest in bringing Techstars to Philadelphia. And so for the first time, Techstars will be a part of the ecosystem here um, and they will be helping us and partnering with us to run an accelerator. Our applications will go live in January and that class will start next summer. So July, I think 15th. Um, we're really excited about that, but that's one component of the larger Lift Labs program. And it would have been easy for us to just do, okay, let's do Techstars Bootcamp, 14 weeks, let's just do that. Um, we knew after the research we had done with other companies like us that the secret to, um, not the secret, but the, the most important part of any corporate startup innovation partnerships is to have an ecosystem and to be a part of the ecosystem. Um, and so we are creating an entrepreneur's resource center in the new Comcast Technology Center. We will have an entire dedicated floor to do that. Um, we will have programs in there for startups from Philadelphia and from the area and from really the country anywhere to come. Um, we'll be doing podcasts from there. We'll be doing um, you know, a lot of, of various programming, both in person and also virtually. We're partnering with 1776 and the union platform that they offer, which is a big community of content. We'll be adding to that content. We were very, um, we were very conscious in making the decision to partner with them and partner with TechStars um, instead of doing it ourselves. We really wanted to be a part of that ecosystem, have um, the ability to share the resources that we create ourselves, our original content and our original programming. We want that to be shared with as many people as possible. And we also want to make sure that the startups we work with have access to an unlimited amount of information, not just information from us. Mm -hmm. So we specifically chose to work with 1776 for that reason and Techstars. And we're learning from them as much as they're learning from us, which sure. I think is so exciting. And then the fourth component um, of Lift Labs is actually going to be a startups and residence program. We'll be unveiling a little bit more details about that, but ultimately we will be matchmaking. So uh, we will identify with different Comcast, NBC, and Universal business leads challenges and strategic areas of focus that they're looking for uh, innovation in with startups. And we'll be scouting and matchmaking them with the right startups uh, around milestone-based project, um, you know, planned time to try things. Mm -hmm. Some things will fail. Mm -hmm. Some things uh, will hopefully take off. Um, but this is really our, um, our opportunity to work with startups and to help uh, develop product innovations together and to give them the ability to scale up if there's a great innovation. Yeah. So you, you said a lot of really key things that I, um, I want to try and hone in on a little bit more. Um, so I'll give you a hypothetical situation. I'm a startup that's just starting out. Um, I, I don't, I have this really good idea. I don't know what to do with it, but I know I have to do something. So um, you mentioned things like management, scalability, and all these other buzzwords in entrepreneurship. What are some things that if I'm a brand new startup, what are some of the things that I need to focus on besides just showing up um, and, and getting out there? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Um, and the one thing I want to mention is, you know, we're only one, this, the Lift Labs Philadelphia is one piece of a much bigger Philadelphia ecosystem, just to mention. So, 
um, it, we are not going to be, we're not, nor do we intend to be the like main hub for innovation in Philadelphia, right? We are, we will be one spoke in a wheel of this ecosystem. There's so many wonderful things happening in the city um, and in the region and in Camden, you know, in, in Cam- I was so uh, impressed to, you know, come over and see what's happening in Camden as well. Um, so I just want to make that point because um, we're not looking for this to be like the place, number one. Um, what we want to do is actually help better connect some of the pieces that exist in Philadelphia and exist in the country and the world for entrepreneurs that they're maybe missing. And, uh, and for us, we're, you know, while we are specifically focused on finding startups in media, entertainment, and connectivity, there's also another group of entrepreneurs that just need resources, mm. um, that we won't necessarily be the ones to do business with them, but we can help amplify their stories and we can really help give them resources that they need that are sometimes a little bit difficult to, uh, navigate. So I think to your question, uh, what's the one thing, you know, like what are some of the keys to, uh, success, like early success. Mm-hmm. I do think the most important thing is to try something and put out an MVP. Like if you have something in mind, there's a great app that I found uh, through our CX team, our customer experience team, and it's called Marvel. And um, you can design, you can basically do mock-ups mm-hmm. of apps on there. And so if you have an idea the most important thing is draw it out, uh, draw it out, you know, yes, a whiteboard, but draw it out on something that you can take with you. And Marvel, what I loved about it was we were able to design um, an app ourselves without having to design the app in the back end, but it felt real. And we were able to really get people to respond to what it was we were pitching and I think the most important thing is to get your ideas out of your head, <laughs> yeah, totally. which is hard. You know, like we're all really busy, but we all, everyone's got ideas. And I think the easiest thing is to have ideas. I have ideas every minute. The, the hardest part is to execute on them. The, the easiest thing for anyone to do is to have the idea, but like take the idea, put it on paper, design something, make it so it's. It's simple enough that people could understand it and then hit the street or hit your, you know, barbecue with your friends and just be like, hey, what do you what do you think of this? Would Mm -hmm. you buy this? What would Mm -hmm. you pay for that? Mm -hmm. Just ask some general questions. And I think that you'll know whether or not your idea has has um, has legs. Yeah. Um, You know, don't just ask your friends because your friends may not be the right audience. Make sure you're asking a broad range of people who, again, look nothing like you. Yeah, very true. And, and it's good to circle back with that. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the personal aspect, who you are as an individual, uh, who you are as an entrepreneur. Um, so you, you talked about how you had your, your startup. Um, what were the habits that, that you've set for yourself that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? And I want you to answer the question in two, if that's okay. Number one, answer the question about your habits as an entrepreneur. And then answer the question about your habits as an executive of a billion uh, fortune 10 company. And are they the same and are they different? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's so many, there's so many ways to uh, answer that question, but I would say that, um, 
we all have habits, right? And some habits, some people would say are bad habits that you want to try to break. And I actually lean into some of my habits. <laughs> so well, I want to know specifically that, about like the efficiencies. Yeah. So like, are there habits yeah. that have helped you become more efficient? Yeah, absolutely. So one habit is making sure that you hire the right people. Mm. If you have the ability to hire the right people, if you have the ability to hire people, if you have the ability to build a team, make sure you hire people who complement your skill set. Make sure, like, I think that a key program manager is the most critical role and a product launch manager is the most critical role. And surrounding yourself with people who don't think like you but can take what's in your head and help are better articulated is very important. Um, I am very much, uh, a, I make, honestly, I make lists in my notes on my phone mm -hmm. <laughs> and generally have a, a list of three things to accomplish in a day. And if I accomplish one of those things, it's a feat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's like a really big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and we have also found, we just moved into smart sheets um, and they have made our team so much more efficient. Can you expand on that uh, to people who may have no idea what sure. a smart sheet is? Smart sheets are a uh, just software that uh, you can use. I want to say maybe Google based, not exactly sure, but they're shareable. And uh, everything sort of compiles up into master dashboards. So we can have five different people working in different work streams. And instead of at the end, one person or each, each of the five people sending the program manager an update, it automatically happens. And then I can look at things from a dashboard perspective. When I want to know what, what our full schedule of events is, it's there, it's live, it has feedback from multiple people. Mm. And that, I think, has been very helpful. Um, the other thing, I think, just in general, as a person in the workplace that I have found is really important for me is walking to work. Mm. <laughs> I walk to work. I walk. Um, I didn't walk all the way today because I was a little late and I wanted to be on time to you, uh, which is, is, is something I practice regularly sure. is being on time. I'm not always on time. <laughs> My boyfriend calls it DST, Danielle Standard Time, <laughs> usually about 10 minutes after. But in the workplace, uh, I really try very, very hard to be on time to meetings. I try to put my phone away during um, during meetings, I think it's extremely rude to be checking your email or text messages. And I have seen that happen a lot more than it should. Um, I have had presenters who are on the side kind of check an email while they're presenting to us. I find that interesting. And so we have a rule here, which is our, on our team. It's like, you don't even bring, don't even bring your phone to a presentation when someone is meeting. Um, and I, I think in technology, it's easy to sit with a laptop open and, you know, everyone thinks that they're listening or taking notes during the meeting. But the fact is a lot of people are not and they're talking they're, to their friends they're or they're doing other work right. or they're doing whatever. And it's it's not productive, you know, so if you can really stay focused. I also the other thing I've learned how to do is to shorten meetings. Um, so I used to spend maybe an hour with someone. Now I will spend maybe a half an hour. Hmm. And at times, sometimes it's only a 15-minute phone call. And I have had to really 
practice that because I tend to be someone who likes to get to know people and spend a lot of time knowing them. And to me, you know, knowing someone personally is as important as knowing them professionally because there's so much that you gain out of that for, for a million reasons and helping each other, better understanding where the person's coming from. But um, there's absolutely, uh, there's no way to keep up with that <laughs> anymore. Uh so, you know, well, that's pretty I, interesting, I, though. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to expand, like, um, the 15-minute or the half-hour thing. Yeah. How are you able to compact so much in such a short period of time? Generally an agenda. Mm. Generally an agenda. Um, and then we now have, uh, if, if there are a lot of people that we're meeting for the first time, either they are interested in us looking at something or somebody wants to get job advice or, I mean... It, I get a lot every single day. There are probably four random people <laughs> who I don't know yet um, who have ended up on my schedule <laughs> because someone knew someone and they said, hey, or they met me at an event and said, do you have time to help me? I'm looking for a job or do you have time to help me um, look at my product? And so we try to really um, you know, do office hours focused on you know, when we will sit and focus on the product innovations that people want us to check out. And someone on our team will spend 15 minutes ahead of time making sure that their product is legit, that they're not too early for us to really engage with, um, that some of that, you know, um, initial due diligence can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so making sure that your team around you is also doing their work and their due diligence before something ends up at you is really, really important. Um, but as someone who came out of the community and has always been someone very, um, you know, it was someone that when I was in the job at the Convention Visitors Bureau and still today, just a lot of people, uh, I have a very open door policy of you know, I will meet pretty much anyone. What I've needed to do is create office hours to do that now. So, or in some cases, I will just say, hey, I'm going to be at the super meetup on Monday. Catch me there. Yeah. And I will say that to like 20 people. And then someone will find me and <laughs> I'll end up talking to them for 15 minutes and the next person will. And yeah, it's, it's hard. I actually think that there's, that is the biggest area right now of opportunity for a new technology that does not exist. Is finding a way to, to, to give you more time or to optimize time more efficiently? Um, optimize time more efficiently, streamline communications. Um, you know, when you look at AI and what you will be able to possibly be in four different places at one time. Mm. Not really, but, you know, never it. Know. you never know, right? I mean, uh, I think also to connect people is something I'm really passionate about. I spend a lot, as you know, you probably are in the same um, the same boat where I will meet someone and then it doesn't just end there. I've promised that person that I've I will introduce them to five people. Mm -hmm. Well, that happens five times a day. That's 25 introductions. Mm -hmm. And what do I do all night? I do that. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> so interesting. I think it's just I a matter of technology and I do have, I do have something personally that I've been thinking about. Um, that's a, a plug-in to a, a major uh, a, a major form of technology that I love. Well, I, <laughs> I, I uh, I'll hold that for later. But, yeah, that could be the billion-dollar idea. <laughs> Who knows? That, I, I'd be down for that. That sounds awesome. Uh, I yeah. think the, the biggest thing is 
is creating those processes and those procedures and those efficiencies and those habits, and they all come together. Um, if you could answer this uh, in a relatively quick and fashion. Sorry, the only other thing I was going to mention, though, is like yeah. you don't want to become so habit-driven that you miss something, right? So some yeah. of the greatest opportunities I've had in my life came through total serendipity. I happen to be mm. sitting in a bar in a coffee shop, and someone's like, oh, what do you do? You know, so if you become so habit driven and you keep going back to the same places and you only talk to the same people and you only have the lens of that 15 minutes, like that is something I get a little worried about because you miss that magical serendipity. And that it is it is absolutely the serendipity where I think the secret sauce is for mm. the greatest innovation of all time to come from some random interaction in some neighborhood in some city in some country. That's where that's. That those are the places where the, we will change the world. And if we become so habit driven, I think that sometimes we will we will actually miss out on some of those. Mm, that, that is incredibly good advice. And, and, you know, as soon as you said that, and I'm sure a lot of the viewers that are listening right now are, are maybe thinking the same way that I have. Um, but I can confidently say that the best ideas that I've come up with or the experiences is when I'm in a completely different world than what I'm currently in. That could be in a book that can be in a different city mm -hmm. or it could be in a podcast. So to that point, I do have one final <laughs> question for you. Yeah. And you've given a ton of amazing advice already today, but I do have to at least ask because it's such an mm -hmm. important question and we can kind of recap the entire conversation in this question. So The Blind Entrepreneur, this podcast uh, was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They may not be able to see the obvious. They may be stuck in a particular headspace where uh, they just can't get out of it. So. What are three pieces of advice that you would yeah. give to a fellow entrepreneur? Oh, so fellow entrepreneur who's stuck and looking for um, that what's next. I just I, I have this conversation all the time, right? <laughs> with myself, with others. Um, go travel is a piece of advice number one. Coming out of the travel industry for as long as I did, I discovered the world and uh, the world of innovation, the world of um, opportunity through travel. And uh, if you do anything, have amazing experiences through travel. Take every opportunity you have during that time. Two would be surround yourself with people who look nothing like you. Make sure when you're doing your MVPs that you're not just uh, vetting them with family members and your friends. And uh, diversity comes in all shapes and sizes. And um, make sure that you know that's that's just a, a really critical component. And uh, someone said to me the other day, follow your heart and follow your gut. And I do think that there is a lot of uh, just basic sense in that. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and honestly, Danielle, thank you so much for your time and all of your words of wisdom. Um, it was definitely, I don't know if they're wisdom, but uh, <laughs> I would say so. I mean, it's spoken like a true professional <laughs> because, you know, I've talked to entrepreneurs. I talked to business professionals and the entrepreneurs and the business professionals have so many. They have very similar backgrounds and stories, but the way that they, they tell their story and give advice is, is always unique. So we appreciate it. Um, Danielle, you successfully completed the podcast. So congratulations to you. Without Yay. further ado, go right ahead. Look into the camera. <laughs> Tell everybody what you have going on. How can they be a part of your journey? How can they follow your mission and be a part of, of what it is that you have going on? Awesome. So anyone interested in what we're up to, you can go to ComcastPartner.com 
sign up to get our regular e-newsletter, tell us what you're working on, uh, you know, tell us about your startups. And if you're interested in learning more about Lyft Labs, you can go to Comcast NBCU Lyft, L-I-F-T, dot com. And uh, it's all happening now, and we would love to partner with startups, specifically in media, entertainment, and connectivity, but we always love telling everyone's story. And just so everybody is aware, um, everything that you mentioned today will be in the show notes, so they can go onto these websites. They can Great. follow all of this, all, all of the things, and including your social platforms as well. To everybody that's still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, and also head over to the Blind Entrepreneur for more interviews. Danielle, thank you again so much for your time. Until next time, everybody, have a good rest of your day and an even better Bye. tomorrow. Have an awesome weekend. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.